See, since I was Austin, you did the perfect job of filling in for me with the the, the super delayed half-assed to like goodbye to end the podcast. <laughs> Now the moment we've been waiting for is here. All right, week 10 is done in the books, as some other hosts might say. That intro really triggered Hank to just go insane. So we'll see how much that is in the pod later when I'm editing this. But it's too late to stop this uh, freight train. I am joined tonight not by my normal co-host and co-commish, but um, a, a, a repeat guest. Apparently... The last guest that we had on the podcast, I can't remember two weeks ago, but we got uh, Butthole Surfers with us. How are you doing, Ryan? What up, Bowheads? I'm your host now, all time, permanent. <laughs> Austin's out. I'm in all the time. Just it, kidding. It may, Austin will probably be back next week. It may be true because Austin didn't want to do the, oh, well, I, I couldn't do the pod last week because I had a lot going on. Uh, and then Austin told me that it was good because he was about to travel, so he didn't want to do it. He wanted to relax. This week he's out of town, so he's obviously not going to do it. And I suspect next week that he'll be recovering from traveling. So we may not have Austin for uh, for a bit here. All right, um, I'm your resident host for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we did have um, a couple more people to to sign on to co-host, but unfortunately the schedule's been so bad lately. Um, if you did sign up, uh, we will reach out to you before the season's over, and um, we'll figure out a week that works. But yeah, for the meantime, it'll probably be. A little bit loosey goosey, but um, that's all right. You know, we're figuring it out. Um, I, you know what? I, I actually need to take that back. I, I have plans right now to trick Austin into recording the podcast with me um, on Monday night because he's actually going to be here at my house for the weekend. So, ooh, it'll be a repeat of um, when Ryan and Jana were out here last year and we were drinking Mountain Dew and eating Oreos and getting silly. Hopefully, we can capture some of that energy. Um, we'll have Ashley on as well. So, Hopefully lining that up for an early week podcast. Probably record after the Monday night game next week, but um, we'll we'll see. We'll see when Austin's actually here. What I can get him to come. So. Can't wait for that. Are you? Uh, I'm sure you're taking submissions for stuff you need to try. Uh, have you got anything in mind? That any any live tastings that you guys are gonna get going while, um, while you're on the I, air? I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about it, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely have to do something something fun. I, I got the. Um, uh, a white claw pack here that we've been working through these tropical flavors. That's been my, my taste testing this week. They're pretty good. Nice. Not, not a huge white claw fan, but these ones have been pretty, pretty okay. I've kind of been, uh, I've kind of been burning out on the seltzers lately. Uh, we went to that, that festival last weekend and, and, uh, the festival also had like a beer tasting and it was basically you, you go in and it's just like booth to booth. You just go from one beer tasting to the other. And I kind of found like halfway through, I was just skipping the, this, there was a lot of seltzers there. I was just skipping them. I don't know. I just, I'm just kind of, kind of over the bubblies, I think. Yeah, man. Uh, speaking of um, being offered um, a seltzer at an event, I have told so many people the story about how you and I finished uh, Spartan and our free beverage was a, a Mike's Hard Lemonade, which <laughs> is just about the most awful thing you could have after <laughs> completing something like that. It's like, you know, like after like a hard day at work, like there's nothing that tastes better than just a beer. I think it's just something that in the, the, the hops and barley, I don't know what it is, but like the best beers I've had in my life are after like a hard day at work or whatever. And it's just not the same for a seltzer. Like I had that in, my, my, in mind when we were finishing that race. I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good beer. And, and, and just a seltzer just isn't, it's not the same. 
Yeah, I, I I think the first time I ever had a beer after doing some kind of race was uh, like the first Tough Mudder I did, and I, I remember thinking at the time, like, man, how am I supposed to drink a beer right now? And it was it was pretty difficult to drink. I was like, I don't, I don't know how people do this. Then the races, like the normal runs, started offering them, and now it's just like innate, dude. Like I finished the race, and like you know, it's like a Pavlov's effect. Like I'm like drooling, you know. I'm like, dude, I need a fucking beer right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that that seltzer was especially upsetting. Um, well, looking into, um, I don't know, I guess the season as it stands right now, um, we've had some pretty big shakeups from when we last had the pot a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, Baker's, uh, now the, in, in, I guess I'll say lone league leader, uh, since, uh, Shelby sources took the loss this week, but Baker's are sitting at eight and two. Um, we've had some other, yeah, I don't know if I want to call them upsets, but falls from grace. Uh, Adams just completely falling apart. I think they're they're only averaging like 130 points over the last two weeks, and uh, some teams solidifying themselves. You know, we were talking about how Eric was a little uh, underrated. Uh, his team has just been surging. Um, you made a comment the last time you were on here how it was okay that you got those free wins at the beginning of the season because you could then turn it on uh, in the second half of the season. Seems like that's what's happening. Um, so yeah, how, how are you feeling? Um, you know, after going on what I would say a pretty big tear the last like three weeks or so. Yeah. I mean, especially I'd say not this week, the week prior when I was kind of in my by Mageddon and I just managed to surge through the roof with my team. I felt like that was pretty huge, but, um, I mean, a large part of it's been on the back of Justin Fields, my, my waiver wire darling, like he's just performing. I mean, or exceeding my expectations. I, I kind of picked him up thinking, well, what's, you know, this can't be worse than whatever Tom Brady's doing. And at least he's got some rushing floor and he's just blowing it up, man. I feel like, I feel like I'm watching Lamar Jackson a couple of years ago. It's, I it's have so much freaking FOMO seeing Justin Fields on your team. And I'm so, I'm so irritated. I was kind of venting to Ashley last night. I feel like sometimes you're you've positioned your team in a way that you can't like benefit from players like Justin Fields. Like I I have you know I also had Brady dropped him. I was starting Cousins most of the season. Traded for Herbert, which I thought was like a savvy move at the time to go and like you know we were talking about how like it was the have and have not years of quarterbacks. And so when I saw Fields have his great game, I was like, man, like you know I I, I traded for Herbert. You know like he's probably my dude the way out. Is he really going to be better than Herbert? Said and mess around with it, and now I'm just like, fuck, man. I would like just dump all my quarterbacks and, and some to have Fields on my team right now. So uh, I don't have you. Have you ever felt like that? Like you're in a position where you can't take advantage of somebody blown up off the waiver wire because you're already like set at that position? Oh, big time. I think that I think what goes into that is you can't. I mean, unless you're like in a real position to uh, hope for them to like super exceed their expectations, like to like completely blow up and go nuclear. You just can't, you can't um, expect every player. Most players aren't going to do that. You figure it's so rare, you know? So like, yeah, you're taking a chance. You're taking a lotto ticket that a player could do that. But, but the, the, the possibility of it happening is, is very rare. So if it's not worth it for you to, to drop whatever pieces you have to drop to take that gamble on that player, you know, doing that, then, then it, you're just not going to make that move. And yeah, there's been plenty of times where I feel like I've missed out on a big waiver wire guy where I was, you know, I thought, yeah, I could see a path where this guy could do it, but I just don't have the pieces to drop to to take that gamble. And then, then you miss out. 
There's yeah. also, you know, plenty of times where I have taken that gamble and then the player just is just a, t- a turd sitting on your bench, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's definitely also been the case. And I, I get it's probably mostly these one-up positions because I guess there's always room, you know, to grab like that that running back or wide receiver, but it is it's definitely tough to see it go. Fields is looking pretty good right now. I know he's had a pretty soft schedule and the schedule toughens up a little bit, but man, I mean, he just looks great out there. Um, it's also making me crack up because I've been kind of um, hoping that one of these other guys will kind of come up. Like I had uh, Malik Willis kind of in the back of my mind being like, oh yeah, if he gets some play and he can run a little bit, you know, to get him on my team. I think a lot of us were looking at some of those guys and it's like, dude, Fields is there the whole time. You know, I guess we had already seen a good deal of him. So we just, you know, we didn't have faith, but it's it's exciting to see him uh, kind of uh, figure things out and start, start running a lot. Yeah, I mean, and I guess the, the other thing is just like, it's hard to factor in the development of the player and and what the the team is doing to help that player out. You know, he had the whole all of last year and the first half of this season, which was more of what he looked like last year. So I think that kind of confirmed what we thought about him. So a lot of people were kind of slow to pull the trigger on. I mean, I was I I I had drafted him. I had drafted Trey Lance both last season. I kind of bit into that whole. You know, I've been try, I've been trying to fish for that rushing quarterback ever since I let go of Lamar and it's it's been it's been hard to find hopefully I found it I don't know I, you know I can't say it's only been a short sample size so we'll see if, if this holds up so I'll ask you kind of a related question about something that I feel kind of hinders my my fantasy play sometimes and you can tell me if this resonates with you do you feel like sometimes it'd be better if you could just like these dudes you know they were just like a number on a jersey right you didn't know anything about them uh, like in Fields' case, right? You said you drafted him last year. He wasn't good. Didn't work out. Did that make it harder for him to pick up this year? And do you wish that you maybe were able to like eat those things out of your brain, or do you feel like you have a, a better benefit from you know remembering these guys' histories? Because more often than not, you know, if they, they, they stay a bust or something like that. Um, I think I think I'm it. maybe in Fields' case, and maybe in some other cases, it it more I'm more like magnetized towards them because I've already. You know, even I, I didn't really invest any capital in them this season, but I had already invested the capital in them last season. So in my mind, I'm kind of just like, like this is my guy that I've already started to pay pay into in a way. Like, I if if he's gonna blow up, it's it better be for me. So I'm like I more see. more. I'll be more aggressive to go after him if I if I had the chance, you know. So, um, but that's probably the the same side of uh or you know the other side of the same coin because yeah I, i've definitely have had that too where i'm just like oh my god like uh, uh clear shakir is probably that guy for me this season where i'm just like oh my god man if that guy like somehow blows up and he's not on my team i'm just gonna be so fucking angry <laughs> yeah for sure yeah you feel like you you start to like if, if a guy's spent enough time on your team and then you drop him or whatever like like he's your he's your guy. Like you're he's still on your radar. He's he's still the guy that you want to get. And if he he ends up getting picked up on someone else's team and blowing up for them, you're just gonna that's that's the ultimate tilt. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mentioned how good your team is. Uh, you, you got this week your first high score of the season, so that's twenty bucks back in your pocket. Uh, number one in points over the last three weeks, averaging hundred and ninety two points. Um, I just thought that was uh, insane. Besides um, Fields, is there anyone else who you feel is like causing your team to kind of like click and get it together now? Um, I mean, I got that the big game, the three or or whatever every type of touchdown game from CMC. Um, I my my running backs in general have have been kind of 
pulling my team along this whole time. So I completely forgot that you traded for Dalvin Cook, and I'm looking (laughs) at your team. Like this is like I I don't know how viable this is. Like you know now that fantasy kind of favors wide receivers, but your team right now is like the absolute dream team of like three years ago. This is insane. Uh, Yeah, but look at my wide receiver depth. I mean, and and I lost beauty this week. (laughs) It's. But I guess like like part of that too is when you're kind of in that that swirling wide receiver room, like like it sucks to lose Judy, but it you know I I would rather replace Judy than have to replace other players on my team. Is is I guess the way I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. Keep going. Oh, I don't know. I was just I was just saying my yeah my running backs have been have been killing it. Hopefully they just stay steady. Um, I finally got some points out of my, my tight end spot with a uh, Cole Komet this week. That was fun to watch. So yeah, it's just, I don't know if my guys have been kind of showing up. My, my IDP has been, been hitting, hitting and missing, but I've been getting some, some steady hits there. I didn't have a good IDP week this week, but it yeah, seems Ma- like it's, Max it, Crosby's definitely looking like a diamond in the rough this season. Oh yeah, man. He's been killing it for me. It's, it's pretty nice to be able to start a defensive lineman and, and have that that's that floor locked in. Does he play more of like that linebacker edge rusher, or is he just that like dominant as far as tackles go? I haven't really watched him play that much. Um, he's like a linebacker edge edge rusher, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah, he, those, those definitely seem like the money makers in our league, and there, and there's only a handful of them too. Not every team has one. Yeah, and he's he doesn't really come off the field much like a lot of the other like premier edge rushers kind of do like um, what's his name for the bills. I'm brain farting. Uh, but you know, like there's some guys that only come on like in, in obvious past situations and they'll still get a ton of sacks, but in big plays, but Crosby has a nice little tackle floor cause he pretty much stays on the field all the time. Um, so it's, it's nice. So we talked, uh, or we're you know we're looking at your team. A lot of uh, hits, especially around the running backs and stuff. But um, you know, this late into the season, how are you feeling about you know Michael Thomas, J.K. Dobbins, those those draft picks? Uh, well, remember, I didn't draft J.K. Dobbins. I spent all my fab on him. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. After he magically hit the the waiver wire, yeah, it turned out to be uh, what what do they call it? A grenade, right? When you when you drop uh, the sabotage drop. Yeah, for sure. We didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, like I still have, you know, like something in the, in the Ravens running back room. Like it's, it's kind of just depth for me at this point. Hopefully I don't have to get that deep. Well, I mean, you never know. It's the running backs, running backs get hurt. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. Michael Thomas, obviously I wish I had that money back that I had spent on him. I got two games out of one of them. I didn't even play him. I didn't even play him the first week of the season. Cause he what, what a tease, 20 points, 15 points. Seven, and then never to be seen again. Yeah, and, and like, and and he he was uh, active for what five weeks before he went on the IR. Mm-hmm. So it was like I I wasn't going to drop him, you know. And so yeah, he basically was just clogging up my roster. I, I think I talked about it last week though. It, it wasn't as bad because he would he would end up going out by the end of the week, so I would at least get to make a move, you know, when I put him into the IR. But yeah, he's you know that sucks. Last uh, question before we move on. What's your dream landing spot for uh, Odell Beckham right now? The Bills. Yeah. I, I, well, uh, that would, as, as firmly invested in their third and fourth. I, I was going to say, yes. that would break my heart, but. 
saying, yeah, saying that to you because it's it would probably be Isaiah McKenzie's spot that he would be taking. But it feels it feels disgusting to think about though with Gabe Davis, uh, Diggs, and uh, Odell Beckham. Right, like I, I feel like th- that wide receiver room would just be like wild. Um, but yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, he signs he signs soon. I mean, it looks like your your boy uh, Tony's moving his way up the the depth chart, though. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's probably going to find his way into my starting lineup this week with uh, Judy gone out, and so we'll see. Hopefully. He, he has another game like he did last week. ESPN still doesn't think he's going to do shit. He's still projected for four points. It's like so frustrating when you're like, I know more than you. And so you put them into your lineup and all week long, you're like, fuck, man, update that projection to stop like <laughs> rubbing it in my face. Like, I know that he's going to do something. Yeah. And then, and then double down on when, when you get the, uh, the, the graph at the end of the week and you're like, oh, man, I should have listened to ESPN. <laughs> All right, well, moving over to um, – we don't really have any submissions or anything because we didn't advertise that we were doing a podcast at all. But um, I did have – Yeah, I did have what I thought. Apparently, I, I closed that window. I thought it might be fun to go over here and take a look at um, all the trades that happened this season. There haven't been a ton of them, so I thought it might be pretty easy to review. <laughs> Um, I'll just start at the old ones here. Some of these are not real. Uh, Tyreek Hill did not get traded for Robert Tunyon before the season. What a steal. <laughs> but man, uh, first uh, trade of the season, didn't realize it, but Higby for Jerry Judy, which I thought was pretty savvy on your part um, at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it's like one-sided or anything, uh, but Judy, I don't think, lived up to expectations, although I think you got some good starts out of him. Uh, and then Higby... Started out hot and is maybe now getting it back together. I don't know. How are you feeling about this one in hindsight? Um, in hindsight, like I did not think that Higby was just going to fall off the edge of the cliff there. I was more betting on just trying to, like, I, I was kind of, I didn't like having to play, have a locked in um, tight end. I kind of preferred to play the matchup in a way. And when you're kind of in that, that, that depth spot, of tight end, you know? So I was just hoping that I could get something back for him, get a more locked in wide receiver and then play matchups at tight end, which was kind of like my motivation for making that move. I did not expect him to just fall off the edge of a cliff. Like he did. Um, I was one of the podcasters I listened to is, as was kind of talking about just this week about how, because of how bad the Rams uh, offensive line has been, He's just been their their fix to that has just been having Higby block. So Higby Higby's just been a blocker so much sure. the last couple of weeks. But that might all change with with Cup going down. They're going to need someone to someone else to throw the ball to. Yeah, they look so bad. Cup was like the only good player on the team, so that's looking pretty, pretty ugly. Yeah. All right. The next one we got here, back to back trades that I'm not sure I wish I had made. Uh, the first one here, uh, Baker send Matt Milano and Justin Herbert for Cody Barton, Julian Love, and Tony Pollard. Um, uh, Herbert has been fucking horrible since I traded for him, uh, and I was actually a little bit hesitant towards him after I think like I think it was like the second game where he got really really hurt. I was like, man, he's like not going to be good. Uh, he had some good games after that, though. But uh, you know, I, I guess losing Mike Williams and Keenan Allen will do that. Uh, so I'm having a little bit of regret about Herbert. Don't really miss Cody Barton or Julian Love. 
But oh my God, dude, Tony Pollard, this probably won't last all season, but 33 points in week eight, 20 points in week 10. Um, at the time, I didn't mind trading him to Robert because I was like, oh, it's, you know, Zeke's backups. So it'll sit on the bench. And if he goes off, it's just replacing Zeke's production. But I didn't know he'd be this good. Feeling, feeling a little bit, a little bit of regret about this one. Yeah, that's, but it's tough to, to predict, you know, when, with those like premier handcuff guys. They're only valuable when the other running back goes down and it's hard to just to bet on an injury like that, especially with Zeke. Zeke's been pretty, uh, pretty solid in the, in the health department, or at least like playing through injury. He usually plays, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's and Of course, I think it was the week that you traded him that, that Zeke went down, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's I'm, I'm keeping, keeping the Bakers alive. You know, when you're a number one Bakers fan like me, you want to do everything you can to make sure that they, they keep it going. Yeah. I apparently was doing some kind of um, just running back uh, fire sale because the next trade I made here was Willie Gay for Isaiah Pacheco and Naheem Hines. It looks like just absolutely batshit on paper looking at it now. Um, at the time, I remember I was trying to clear bench space. I do the, This is something I do a lot in fantasy where I get more excited about like waiver wire guys than the guys on my bench. Um, but I don't want to just straight drop them, so I'll trade them for almost anything. I needed a linebacker that week, and uh, yeah, this one is also not looking great. Is Hines? I was almost very worried when he got traded to Buffalo that he was going to be uh, like a big part of that offense because they kept saying that they wanted to get a pass catching running back. Um, that has not been the case, but Pacheco looks like he's taken over as RB one in Kansas City and Gay. He did have a good week this week, but um, he's been pretty bad before that. Yeah, and and same luck there with Pacheco, where you traded him away and then they named him named him as a starter. Uh, I mean, Pacheco's still in a three way committee in Kansas City, but he gets he's still getting the kick returns, right? He gets quite a bit of kick uh, yeah. return yards, yeah, which is pretty pretty nice. Um, yeah, I I think my when I uh, so three running backs left my bench, right? Naheem Hines, Isaiah Pacheco, um, and Tony Pollard. My reasoning at the time is I'm very much known for like hoarding, you know, these like uh, these stash running back handcuff, whatever. And I told myself, you know what, man, this never fucking works out. So I said, I'm going to keep I need to decide on one of them, which was Richard White and trade away the rest. So traded away the rest. Rashad White, it looks like it's working out. So I'm not super bummed about that. Um, but I didn't know that three out of the four guys were going to pan out, um, which is probably the piece that I'm most bummed about. Just imagine what your team would be like right now where you couldn't decide which backup running back to start. But you had to choose between all of them. <laughs> I'd be uh, like Austin with all of his uh, rookie wide receivers. <laughs> um, all right, next one here. We got Alex Anzalone. Inzalone? I don't know how to pronounce that. For Devontae Parker, I don't think that this one was very impactful because I believe that he dropped Devontae Parker right after that. Um, yeah, I think I think he needed a spot start on him the week of because I think he was playing me that week. I remember that. And then he ended up getting hurt in that game. Mm, okay. um, but yeah, Anzalone's was a pretty savvy pickup by the Adams. I mean, he's been kind of under the radar uh, this or he's the last two years has been kind of under the radar. He doesn't, he's not like a big f- splashy player, but the dude's just a tackle monster, man. He's, mm-hmm. He hasn't scored. I mean, he's, he's had two games at nine points. And those were his lowest weeks. Other than that, he's over, been over 10. Like that's pretty, pretty solid. If you can slot him in as one of your linebackers. Yeah. It's nice getting that consistency from uh, the IDP positions. 
All right, this one I'm excited to dig into because it seemed like maybe a three-way trade planned ahead of time. I think Ashley reached out to you and you said that was not the case. Um, but this is pretty funny watching it play out. So you trade T. Higgins for Damian Pierce, which uh, on the surface, I thought was a pretty fair trade. Damian Pierce is looking like he's worked out. Both of them have good keeper value. Um, so it's not like uh, you know one team is dumping out. You guys are both in it. Um, so just trying to you know get some wide receiver depth for running back depth. Although saying that you need running back depth now seems very funny. Uh, thinking about T. Higgins leaving your team. Um, Ashley had just lost uh, Jamar Chase. Uh, but you turn around and you trade Damian Pierce for Dalvin Cook. Um, huge, huge upgrade there, um, no matter how good Damian Pierce has been this week. So uh, walk me through this one a little bit. Was this planned out ahead of time? Did this just kind of fall into your lap, or how did this work out? So you know how you can use that, um, like so-and-so is, not- is interested in such-and-such player? Ashley had pinged T. Higgins um, saying she was interested in him, and... Uh, I saw that and I was kind of like, yeah, right. I'm not trading T Higgins away. And then I was thinking about, uh, you know, thinking about it, I think it was like maybe a week later. And I kind of came to the conclusion that I did want, I wanted Damian Pierce. I kind of thought he was kind of under the radar. He's been getting a ton of usage utilization. He's on a shitty offense, but um, he still hasn't getting hyped up as much as I think other big name guys with, with as much utilization as he is getting. And I, you know, I, I always want to lean towards, you know, I, I like having robust running backs. Like, I, I, you look at my team now, or what it ended up being. Like, that's just kind of how I want to, I want to build my team. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of came to the conclusion to swap T. Higgins for Damian Pierce. Pri- or I guess prior to that, I had been talking to Brett, um, knowing that Brett was kind of in, in keeper collection sale mode. And I was seeing if he was interested in cook for T Higgins, which he was not interested in. Um, so after I made the Damian Pierce trainers said, Hey man, how about for Damian Pierce? Just, you know, how do you feel about that? And he said, yeah, let's do it. So we kind of just flipped that around. I think, I think, you know, keeper wise, obviously Dalvin cook has no keeper value. Damian Pierce is a great keeper. Um, and they, they are, you know, performing almost equal. Cook's just in a much better offense. You know, we, I think you had talked about it a couple of weeks ago, or you had said basically you would trade, you know, any keeper for any player that's going to give you a chance to to get to the playoffs or to 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 win the championship. And I'm I'm of that same mindset, you know. So it's like, yeah, I, I would like to have be able to hold on to Damian Pierce next year, but you know, I'm I've I'm looking I'm looking to the postseason right now, so. Yeah, no, it was it was a good get. Definitely agree with your strategy. Um, there we have one more trade that was uh, you selling off Daryl Henderson, which I don't think was super impactful. But uh, I think your point can segue us into another topic here, which is um, it's the final week of trading. Um, we're going into week eleven. That's the trade deadline. So we essentially, um, whenever the players lock. So for most players, that'll be Sunday. But a couple of these players are going to be off limits by uh, Thursday. Are you trying to make any more big moves? Do you have any uh, keepers left on your team that you think you can move for for bigger pieces, or what, what's your plan for the next week? I don't really have any keepers. Uh, I mean, I got. I guess OBJ could be considered a keeper, even though he's not even on a, on a team. But you know, like wherever he goes, he's he's going to be good, and he's going to be a, a one dollar keeper next year. But I don't. You know, I, I think I've kind of 
sold away most of my capital, but I am, I'm, I'll still be exploring. I'll still be, be looking, you know, up until the deadline because I'm always looking for ways to try and improve. Yeah, I think the the big problem with this season, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of sellers. And I know that most, you know, with six teams going to playoffs, you're usually in the hunt for a while. Um, I think at some point you may want to get ahead of that to make sure that you can get the good keepers if there are that that stand out, um, you know, in a season. But um, you know, we talk about it a lot. It's hard to get some of the the great keepers because they're they're probably already contributing. Like I don't think Chris would uh, or Chris, I don't think Eric would trade away like Chris Olave or something. And I know Austin's really attached to his guys. Um, but I have been surprised at um, the amount of teams, you know, either selling or buying. Um, just maybe afraid to make moves. We do have two teams um, that entered three and seven this week. And so as somebody else who thinks that they're in it, I'm going to be reaching out to some of these teams, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we see a little bit more action before the trade deadline, but given the, uh, the quantity of trading so far this season, I'm I'm kind of not holding my breath. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. Um, So I, to clarify on that, this is the final week. Um, after players lock this week, they can't be traded again. Yeah, going into week eleven is the trade deadline, so we have a couple more days before the Thursday night players, and we have until Sunday for the rest. Um, that also impacts the, and, and I'll send this to chat too because I know not everybody listens to the podcast. Um, but that also affects keeper eligible players. So if you are out, or if you're just a team and you're like really into a dude um, who you know you may have to keep on your bench or something. Uh, this is Ashley with the Monroe St. Brown last year, right? Um, you need to pick them up now and keep them on your bench for the rest of the season. Anybody dropped after this week or picked up after this week will no longer be uh, keeper eligible. So, Oh boy. We need to have like the, uh, in baseball where they have the expanded rosters for the last month of the season. <laughs> that would be fun. Do you, I think uh, last week we might have said that it felt like the trade deadline was a little bit early. Uh, you seem surprised right now, and I said the trade deadline was right now. Do you think uh, we should push it back a little bit? Um, I haven't put that much thought about it. I guess it just kind of snuck up on me. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I was for some in my mind. I always thought we were um, like a, a week or two later than most of like the normal trade deadlines. And I think a couple of the podcasts I listened to were like, "Oh, your trade deadline's probably this week." And so in my mind, I was like, oh, ours is probably like next week or something, you know? Yeah, we did push it back at one point because in the in the rule book, I can see where I pushed it back a week. That was uh, quite a bit ago, though. Um, See, I don't know. It it is good. You know, it it feels a little early in the sense where like, I don't know how these guys are going to pan out yet, but we do only have, you know, four weeks left in the season. Um, Now that I've had a moment to think about it, I think it is better that it's earlier because I I think you still want to, to... you don't want the teams that know they're completely out to completely like you, you should have to make that. There should be a difficult decision there if you're ready to sell or if you're ready to to try and stay in it, you know, because that would, that kind of helps avoiding some of the teams consolidating, like all of the huge big players when players are trying to, other managers are trying to sell off their, their studs. Yeah. All right. Well, looking at last week, we did not have a matchup of the week because we did not record a pod. We um, kind of after the fact decided to assign um, a matchup of the week. None of these matchups were very interesting this week. Um, a lot of blowouts, but we did have um, kind of an exciting uh, race to the top here. Uh, so between you, me, Eric, and Austin, it kind of looked like it was a, a race to see who was going to break 200, who was going to get that top score. I think some teams were um, slated 
or projected for even as high as like 212 and stuff. I know at one point my team is projected for like 209. Um, I got let down big time by Herbert. Um, they started the game hot and then, you know, he got injured at one point. I don't know. The, the Chargers are ass, man. I should have never invested in that fucking team. Um, Eric, same. He was looking hot. I'm, I don't recall who kind of let, oh, Miles Sanders only scored five points. He got a little bit let down. And then it looked like it was coming down between you and Austin. Uh, I think Austin declared an early victory with the uh, Devonta Smith getting a big catch, but uh, you you snuck out and uh, and grabbed it out from from all of us. That's very un un Austin like. Um, I honestly I was watching the game just to just to see the uh, high score race, um, and when Devonta Smith had that touchdown catch, I kind of stopped watching the game because it was it was over. And I was like going to bed and Janet goes, Oh, congratulations on high score of the week. And I was like, what? I didn't even, I didn't even realize that, that Devonta Smith had fumbled, I guess, and lost the two points. I didn't even watch the second half of that game. Oh, that's what happened. I thought you had a player in the game. No, no. Austin was up. Uh, uh, Devonta Smith lost it for him. That's even yeah. Better. When Devonta Smith fumbled, he, he lost it. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, Better, better to do that on a uh, on a high score than actually declaring victory for your game. Only I know that's like a thought that's always in the back of my mind. Like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna say GG. You know, up two points in case my player like really does something fucking stupid. Doesn't really happen that often. Um, but yeah, pretty pretty funny to see. I'm I'm, I'm like the same way. I'm not or uh, um, <laughs> I, I like won't do the uh, the GGs or anything until like the game is, the week is completely over. All of our players are done. In my mind, I'm like, yeah, your your two players can still score a combined, you know, sixty points to come back. Like, why not? Like, it it, it would happen to me. So I'm I'm never I'm always hesitant to to declare a game over until until it's completely over. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's interesting too. You know, you and Austin uh, pulling out over two hundred. Austin almost got a zero at a Taysom Hill. So still impressive seeing that score. And then for your team, you know, uh, Judy gets hurt. That's a zero. And then uh, Deshaun Elliott only scoring 1.5. So he has some pretty impressive scores oh, considering you guys each have I don't some know players. If, I don't know if you saw the uh, the ch- the thing I posted in chat. Deshaun Elliott got, got hurt as well. He was concussed by Justin Fields as Justin Fields is rushing oh, into I the end zone. Talking about that. I, I he trucked him on his way into the end zone and gave him a concussion. <laughs> <laughs> so... When when you mentioned that, I didn't realize that he was on your team. I thought you were implying that, like, I, I was really hoping that he was like on Ashley's team, you know. So like, oh yeah, dude, like taking taking out their you know player out of the game or something. But yeah, taking out your own dude, not not a good time. <laughs> I guess Fields made made up uh, more than what he needed to with his own score, though. Yeah, that's really funny. But yeah, um, yeah, definitely left some meat on the bone there with two players getting hurt early. Yeah, so looking pretty tasty. And I guess with that, um, you know, we've been talking about some of these top scoring teams. But yeah, let's go ahead and jump into the power rankings. Some big shifts uh, since we we didn't look at the teams last week. Um, we will go ahead and jump over to the other end, though. No surprises here. We got bunnies at number 12, which I don't think is super surprising. Um, but boomers who, you know, I was really like championing for um, halfway through the season, talking about how they had been pretty unlucky and stuff. They had back-to-back 170-point weeks, but uh, week 9, 136 points. Week 10, 113, uh, multiple spots not filled in his active roster um, due to injuries and uh, I don't, negligence, I guess. Um, but yeah, how, uh, any any thoughts about these these two bottom teams here? 
Did Clyde Edwards Hilaire not play, or did he really just score zero points? Uh, yeah, he played, um, I think, four snaps. Oh, jeez. Maybe got a target, but yeah, that was kind of the, I don't want to call it the Pacheco coming out party, but yeah, it was, it was pretty shocking to everybody that he played over um, CEH, and CEH really didn't play at all. Wow, that's wild. Um, yeah, you know, you don't fill out your roster, and um, he's was has been buoyed by some huge boom Austin Eckler weeks, which I'm sure there'll be plenty more of in the in the future. But he had a down week this week, and that that didn't help. So, yeah, yeah, not not, not looking good, good for not been a good season for the former champ. Not luck hasn't really gone his way. Yeah, not looking good for the Boomers. Uh, you know, Bunnies are putting up some other interesting scores. I don't really think they're they're trying very hard to win. But um, yeah, didn't do much here. It looks like uh, the move for Chase Claypool didn't do much for his uh, his productivity. Uh, maybe maybe a little later down the line. But yeah, it seems like he hasn't been really integrated into the offense yet. And then uh, Kamara, man, I haven't really been following the Saints that much. He was lighting the world on fire for like three weeks, and then what? They decided that they didn't like winning games, and they didn't like Kamara doing well, so they uh, just didn't uh, like his touches. Yeah, the offense has just looked like shit the last two games. So <laughs> if the offense isn't moving, then or maybe that's those two things go hand in hand. Maybe if you give the ball to Kamara, the offense moves. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. The, the, I don't know what to think of the Saints. All right, well, let's look over to uh, the Roditis household moving from eight down to 10. We had the Narwhals with, um, you know, not a bad game, but unfortunately just got trucked by the Nablonians. Now sitting three and seven on the season. How's, uh, what's Janet thinking? Is she going to try to make some move for some keepers? Uh, She's not eliminated. Um, You know, there's definitely a a spot there, but yeah. She was kind of talking last week, like, yeah, she was going to start making some moves for some keepers, and she's going to start thinking about it. I'm sure the loss this week has kind of solidified those feelings. Um, you know, 150 is not a bad score, though. It's no. you know, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to make that to make that call. But you mentioning that this is the trade deadline, it is the time to figure out. To which which direction you want to head? Yeah, I think for me, you know, and I mentioned this last time around. Although things have changed a lot, it's you know, a, a, am I better than six other teams? I, I think when you just look at your record and your points, it's easy to say like, oh yeah, I can make the playoffs. But when you try making a list of like the six teams that you're better than, um, it gets pretty hard. I mean, when I was doing the rankings this week, I mean, it was pretty hard. It, it was easy to throw like you know, a team like Janet lower in the rankings just because their record's so bad. But really, this whole there's there's a big group of teams that I would probably say are on the cusp um, between like me and Lucinda and Eric and, and Martin, you know. And it really that could all change again a lot in two weeks. Yeah, it it just takes a couple players to get hot, and yeah, it, things can really turn around. Um, moving past that, the biggest follower of the week. Oh, you know, I did have one more Janet tidbit. She has the biggest, the largest discrepancy between her top score of the season and her lowest score of the season. Over a hundred point gap. Her best score was 223 points and her worst score was uh, 117. So, Holy shit. <laughs> they're only scored three weeks apart, too. Pretty wild. That is wild. Um, but yeah, Adams falling six spots, man, from three all the way down to nine. 
uh, first half of the season darling, but things are just not looking good for the Adams right now. I think um, I lost my points tab right here, but yeah, uh, Kyler Murray not playing this week, uh, bit him in the ass. 112 the week before that, just looking real, real ugly. Uh, you think the Adams are, are still in it? Uh, they're, they're also definitely not eliminated, but it seems like maybe uh, Martin, uh, I don't know, spun up some bad juju this season or something. He's 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 still in a position, I think, to to make the playoffs. But he's got to he's got to kind of put his ear to the to the, the train tracks and figure out what's going on with his team. Make sure his players that are very questionable and unlikely to play, he's got a backup plan for. Um, Pete Warner was out all week. He started him, uh, so he's got to he's got to kind of get some some backup plans for his hurt players. Um, but yeah, he still has a chance. Uh, it looks like Hollywood Brown could be getting back soon. I think was a, a blurb that I saw. So mm-hmm. that could definitely help help him out a lot. But yeah, yeah he's Khalil uh, Herbert's gone, so David Montgomery might be uh, picking it up. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, we'll see how he how he how he does down the the back end. Yeah, it's definitely the the grindy part of the season. So if your team got this far um, by having a good draft, uh, yeah, like Ryan said, you need to kind of shuffle things around, figure out what's going on. Um, let's look over here. Uh, TGIF moving from tenth to eighth. Eighth feels criminally low for Eric, who I got some stats here is number one in points over the last month. Averaging 181 points, put up another dominating performance this week with 193 points. And, you know, one thing I just really like about Eric's team is like it's very, very balanced. Um, some of the teams, like my team included, are buoyed kind of like by the, you know, scar- stars and scrubs type things. But uh, he just has these guys who can just churn out, you know, 10 to 20 points a week, uh, not, you know, blow up games. 20 is, is kind of their ceiling, you know, maybe not as high of a ceiling. But when you, you know, combine that all into a single roster, um, he's just doing great and just so much on. I mean, he has Chris Godwin, Devin Singletary on the bench, you know, like that that's crazy to me. Just, you know, all that depth. Uh, he lost Mike Williams and is still just chugging along. Um, his playoff odds are still a little tough, uh, given the division that he's in. What do they have in that right now? 40%. But man, I, I just, uh, at this point, I feel like it'd, it'd be insane if Eric wasn't in the playoffs. Yeah. I'm surprised to see him this low on the power rankings. I guess it just must be because he's in your guys's division. And so he's just in the mix with, with all of you guys. But yeah, just looking up and down his, his whole, his whole page is just all, you know, high scores, his bench, his starting lineup it's it's a very balanced team it looks it looks awesome it really paid off i think i, I think i mentioned it last time i was on like he really hit on on all of the the um the values in the draft of godwin and uh hopkins like the guys that no one wanted to to pay up for because they had injury concerns or suspension concerns and now you know now he's in a prime position to, to succeed and Josh Jacobs, dude, I just cannot get over it. Um, you know, it just it looked like he might not even be the Raiders starting running back before the season even started. Like all the rumors coming out from camp and stuff. And yeah, number six uh, running back on the season right now. I actually got to catch some of the Raiders game for the first time. And uh, he looked fucking awesome. Dude, he looks so good. I, I think I tell myself this every season. I'm just going to like climb into a hole in the postseason and not listen to any bullshit because it, every single fantasy analysts that, that 
is anyone was like, yeah, do not draft draft Josh Jacobs. He's the Raiders aren't going to be good. He's probably not even going to make the team. This and that, and then you know, here's Josh Jacobs just tearing it up. Yeah, that, that's something I've definitely been thinking a lot about. Is either discounting uh, like a whole team too much, or maybe even um, the opposite. You know, thinking that a team uh, just too heavily investing in a team that maybe not be too good invested a lot in the Bucks this season that didn't necessarily pan out. And um, yeah, the Raiders I just completely discounted. Was like, no way, these guys are good. The Seahawks, same thing. Um, and yeah, you can kind of miss out on a lot of players like that. Yeah, you're talking to a guy who invested in the Rams backfield, which usually pays off. <laughs> Not so much this year. Yeah, the only the only uh, knock I'll give to Eric is uh, the first half of the game is looking a little ugly. Starting both Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs does, does seem like it can be a little bit questionable, but uh, worked out for him this week. Um. All right, moving over right along. How is that? I put these in the wrong order. We have uh, the Nablonians who moved from sixth to seventh with uh, the win over the Narwhals, sitting five and five, um, and you know pretty good playoff odds. Maybe we haven't been talking enough about the Nablonians because they've been kind of sitting middle of the pack. Uh, CD Lamb looking like a baller. I benched him in um, the Guillotine League. Huge mistake. But um, you know losing Cooper Cup. Uh, is going to be definitely rough. How are you feeling about the Nibelinian's chances? Um, yeah, the Cooper Cup loss is going to be is going to be tough for her, but she she still finds a way to put up you know high scores every week. I, I'm confident that she's still going to be a contender. I don't think losing Cup is going to be is going to break her. Um, looking at her team, like she's got you know Amari Cooper's been a stud. He had a down game. Uh, Dulcich seems like you know a lot of us. Uh, that are scrounging for tight ends. Wish we had we had pulled the trigger on Dulcich sooner. He had kind of a down game, but I think especially with if Judy's going to be out, is going to miss some time. I think Dulcich is probably at least the number two pass catcher for the for the Broncos. So that's that's going to be a, a boost for him. So yeah, I yeah, think I, she's, I think she's looking I, up. I sent over a trade request for for Jeff Wilson because I was certain that he was going to be awesome in Miami, and sure enough, he has been. So. Uh, good job, Lucinda. Not um, accepting that trade, and uh, yeah, I hope your team continues to to dominate. That's that's funny because I was um, I was after the CMC trade happened. I was gonna propose a trade to her after it looked like Jeff Wilson was you know just put into the the backup CMC role or to CMC, and then he got traded, and 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 then. You know, this oh, that would have been happen. that would have been pretty tasty for you to have both of them right now. <laughs> I was waiting for like one down week from them so I could just say, "Oh yeah, there's a this is a handcuff." I don't even know how. I mean, he'd be on your bench right now. I guess that's the only sad part about it. Yeah, or I'd be trading right. him for a wide receiver. That's true. I was thinking about that when we were looking at the T Higgins thing. I was like, "Man, how good would T Higgins look on your team right now?" <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, next one up, sliding up into the coveted sixth position is my team, Giant Octopus, who is either good or bad this season and not much in between. Um, last time I had a huge score is buoyed by a huge uh, Joe Mixon game. This week, buoyed mostly by a Jefferson game, but some uh, you know standout performances from some of my other uh, regulars like Jordan Brooks. And finally, 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 a good game from fucking James Conner, who I have had just the biggest regret about trading for um, all fucking season. 
But um, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit more invested uh, now that some of my guys have um, gotten healthy. I'm trying to see the light at the end of the tunnel for Herbert, especially if um, Kenyon Allen and Mike Williams come back in time for playoffs. Um, he could be real, real good. And uh, Jamal Williams, who I guess, I guess he was uh, my... Um, uh, oh my gosh, what's the dude on Carolina? Uh, Devont or Deontay Foreman. Foreman. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was the same thing. I just kind of picked him up like, just cause, um, I thought he might be good if Swift goes down and now he's kind of, uh, one of the, the anchors on my team. Uh, Kyle Pitts uh, continues to be terrible after having exactly one good game this season. So I'm hoping, um, Njoku comes back this week and is good with the, the, the upcoming Browns schedule. But I don't know. What are your, what are your thoughts on my team? I've, I feel bad for all anyone who has Kyle Pitts. It's such a tough spot. It really is. Most tight ends you can just walk away from. You can't walk away from Kyle Pitts. He's so freaking good. You see it every week. And it's just not happening. They're just not throwing the ball enough. They're just not throwing the ball to him. It's like, it's so frustrating. But I was, was going to drop him. Uh, and then, yeah, he had that week eight performance. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay, we're good. We're good. We're good. And now it's like, no, we're not good. Could you imagine, though, like the second half of the season, the Falcons are like, you know what? We're going to start throwing the ball. Like uh, teams yeah. do that, you know, yep. and yeah, that would just, uh, it'd be frustrating. Um, but yeah, dude, like you got, uh, Rashad white is looking, he, he started for the bucks, I guess. And now yeah. with Fournette having some injuries, uh, concerns, it looks like white might have a little bit of time with the, the, uh, the backfield to himself. Um, yeah, dude, you're looking, you're looking good. You're looking solid. TJ Watts back. Did, did, uh, did they like ease him in? Or was he? I saw him making some plays. On, I didn't on check Red the snap Zone. count. Um, I I was kind of like laughing after the game though. We've complained a little bit about defensive ends, and one thing that's frustrating is that they have like a huge impact on the game that doesn't necessarily show up like in the stats and the box count. I know you've mentioned quite a few times that you wish we had like QB QB pressures um, as like a scoring stat. And I was watching it, and the broadcasters are just gushing over having TJ Watt back in the lineup and how the entire defense is better and more guys can make plays and guys are making interceptions because, you know, TJ Watts, like putting pressure on the quarterback and stuff. And I'm like, but he's not getting any points, you know? So, um, yeah, kind of a down game as far as he goes, but I'm very, very excited to have him back in my lineup. Yeah. I think, I don't know, maybe we should like petition to ESPN to add, uh, pressures next season or something, because that's, that's the missing puzzle piece for, for defensive linemen. That's that's definitely going to help give them some consistency. Yeah, so I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. One thing I wrote here in the notes, though, I have um, just an absolutely brutal schedule to close out the season. Um, so the next four weeks, I'm paying playing the Bakers, um, who have uh, actually been pretty decent. They're third in uh, the power ranking um, for scoring uh, goes, not like our power rankings, but how well their team scores. Uh, the number one team in that same metric, the Puma Skulls, the number two team in that metric, Shitty Sources, and the number four team, uh, the last week, TGIF. So I'm playing, uh, according to my system, the four best scoring teams to close out the season. So very not excited about that. Dude, shouldn't have got drafted to the power division. I just, man, Austin, I, I hope that you end up listening to this podcast. Uh, fuck you, dude, for putting together <laughs> this fucking division, man. I, you know what the problem is? I, I think why I'm getting more mad than usual. I feel like I'm always in like the good division. And it's just like, I want to be in like, you know, I want to be in uh, Robert's division or something. You know, I want to be like sitting on top of these like teams with horrible records, but uh, <laughs> that's not the case. 
uh, I was playing with uh, some simulators, and there's a very, you know, we kind of joked about it earlier. There's a very real chance that our whole division is going to the playoffs. Um, it mostly depends on, I think for the most part, if things continue to play out the way they are, it kind of depends on what happens in your division. Uh, since you've taken the lead, it's kind of uh, looking at what happens to Jim. Um, if Jim falls off, Martin keeps having bad luck, um, and you just crush the rest of your division, um, a butt above the rest, whole division's going to playoffs. Not that unlikely. Wow. That'd be wild. Yeah, looking looking forward to that, if nothing else, for the stories. But um, I mentioned that to Austin, and he was like, hell yeah, I can't wait to play you guys three times in a single season. And I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. I don't play you <laughs> oh, anymore. Geez. Um, 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 all right, where are we? We have uh, your team, Butthole Surfers, moving up um, quite a few spots from eighth to fifth. Um, yeah, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about your team now sitting as division lead, though. I don't think we spent any time talking about that. Also, took over the point lead. Uh, Jim had a real, real down week, and uh, you were able to kind of leapfrog him in points. Um, you still don't have a very commanding uh, point total, but given your division, you you're sitting on top of um, everybody but um, Lucinda. So, you know, how are you feeling as far? As, we've talked a lot about your team, but how are you feeling uh, as far as the division goes? You, you think you can keep that top spot, or are you hoping for a wild card spot? Or um, I mean, I'm hoping to keep the top spot, but I I'm definitely not discounting uh, Jim and Lucinda. They both have super strong teams, and it's going to be a tough division battle through the end of the season. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Well, you got a, a, definitely a strong team. Um, I haven't looked at your, uh, players, um, schedules for like the, the last month or so. I didn't look at your schedule either as far as how tough the teams you have to play are. Checking to out loud. Yeah. It looks like you got not necessarily a tough schedule, but one of the tougher schedules, um, probably given what you just said, Lucinda and Jim um, definitely aren't um, easy. And then I got Austin this week. Yeah, yeah that is going to be tough. All right, um, moving over. I, I'm a little bit surprised to see this, I guess, given the conversation we just had, but uh, Shenanahad's not moving at all. Um, just a super, super down score, moves into second place in the division. Um, you know, they had 194 the last time we met on the pod, and I think we we're talking about how great they are. 158 after that, 121 this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, how are you? you I, I know you mentioned Jim is like one of the tougher teams still, but um, yeah, any any thoughts on the roster or anything? Uh, I think they've just had a, it was just a down week. Um, they had some, did they have some buys? I think they, I know they've, they've been going through a couple buy difficulties. Derrick Henry had a down week, um, you know, which is not going to happen very often. You really can't bet on those. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts only scored a pedestrian twenty-one points, um, but yeah. So I think I think I would credit it more to just a down week than more of what's the norm for them. I think they're definitely going to be bouncing back in the point department. Yeah, I the the core is definitely looking strong. Uh, if you're starting, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Some of my lineup decisions. If you're starting Hassan Haskins, you should probably go outside and go touch grass and and figure out what you're doing. Maybe look at those ESPN projections <laughs> a little bit closer. Yeah, f- yeah, definitely. Um, or you know, last week to make some trades, maybe uh, send out some of your wide receiver depth or something like that. If you need to bolster the uh, the running back room. 
Yeah, it does have quite a quite a few uh, wide receivers. Um, let's see what we're doing here. Uh, all right, so last three spots here. We have the Puma Skulls who moved down one spot. Um, a dominant performance this week. Um, I think the last time we met, they were struggling a little bit, and last week was a, another. Their I think their worst game of the season, 132. But a huge bounce back here. Um, you know, Austin's team was looking pretty dominant to start off the season, looking a little shaky up and down, but, you know, has made some pretty um, savvy, uh, maybe just lucky pickups with guys like uh, Dante Foreman and uh, I don't know who else. But yeah, how are you feeling about Austin's team going into the, the final stretch here? Uh, I mean, Austin's, a, like you said, he's a savvy manager. He's going to be strong through the end. This was actually an interesting week with him where he didn't have like the huge blow up game from Josh Allen and you know he had 18 points from Steph Diggs but just up and down his lineup he had just solid scores from just about every player excluding or just besides Taysom Hill um so yeah it's it's got to feel good to just to kind of like uh, Eric's team you know to just have like a, just a big solid game I, I kind of I'm in the opposite boat where I look at my team and I'm like oh man if Fields doesn't have this much game maybe I'm not my team's not looking as great <laughs> You know, when it's yeah. all buoyed by one player. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely noticed that too. Like, very aside from a Taysom Hill's game, just what a, what a balanced performance. Um, uh, not having to rely on the pillar probably feels good. Uh, bench depth is looking a little shaky uh, compared to what we normally see from Austin. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks. It, it's isn't it funny how many players have had like disagreements with their teams this year. Does it yeah. feel like there's more of them? Especially like the Eno Benjamin thing came out, and that was because he was unhappy with his role on the team. And I'm just, I don't, oh, this is crazy to me. Yeah. I didn't know. So they cut him because he was unhappy with his role. And Connor came back and they said, well, Connor's our guy. And he was like, that's not fucking cool. And they cut him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, isn't it wild to you, though? I mean, if you saw like one of these in a season, that was pretty shocking. And I, how many have we seen this season? Like four or five? Yeah, and it's interesting the results too because um, you know some of them ended up getting traded and some of them just get put in the doghouse and they just get buried on the depth chart. Well, you know Benjamin to the um, I already forgot the Texans. I can't remember already. Should be interesting. Yeah, it was the Texans, I believe. Yeah, cutting into that Damian Damian Pierce stock. So, all right, uh, two teams left here. Um, maybe only one of them a surprise though. The Bakers moving from fifth to second the last time we talked. Um, I was a little bit surprised putting together the show notes and stuff. Uh Bakers are eight and two. We talked about how they've been buoyed by um, you know, some some luck this season and stuff. But, you know, they're now fourth in points on the season, and their worst score for the last six weeks is 160 points, um, which is usually around average or a little bit above average. So Definitely surprised. I think they haven't really caught our eye because they, you know, no, no, like real big blow up weeks or anything. But uh, very, very nice floor. Mahomes started out the season a little bit shaky, but looking pretty solid. Um, you know, I don't know what's going on with his running back situation now that I just realized um, uh, he has Fournette, who looks like he's maybe getting replaced. Also, starting Rashid uh, Shahid, which again maybe got in touch grass, but he did get eleven points out of him. So maybe I need to go touch grass. Yeah, how are you feeling about Bakers? Um, it seems incredibly likely that they're going to keep the division lead, although we were talking about a little bit before the show started. Not impossible for the Adams to take over that division. 
Um, he's kind of really leaned in. I think him and uh, Martin as well have really leaned into some of the kick returners. And man, I like I've started some kick returners on and off throughout the the time. I just I, I never feel comfortable about it. But when it pays off, it's great. Like they, it it does give them a nice floor. It's just always frustrating. Like when you're watching your kick returner and the kick the they just kick the ball out of the end zone, and you're like, wow, my guy never even had a chance to score points there. And that only yeah. happens so many times per <laughs> game, you know. Um, but like back to the Bakers, I mean, you just can't you can't deny the fact that he's just consistently been scoring in the top end of the the league every week, and he's winning. And you know, you really can't deny it. Now he's he's going to keep doing it. I think he's going to keep staying up there. Yeah, um, man, what just a massive pile of injuries. I'm just noticing for the first time, though, you know, Zeke, Keenan Allen, Nicole Hardman. Um, I was trying to figure out why his roster was stuffed full of all these dudes. Uh, you know, Fournette injured, but now they got the bye, so he'll, he'll probably be back. Um, but Zach Ertz, done for the season, so he's about to join the ranks of us. Oh, yes, Hayden Hurst, so maybe he'll be okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. So I, I was just kind of talking him up, but as I looked the roster up and down, um, may still have some shaky weeks left in him um, working through buys and stuff, but can't deny that Roberts definitely had that magic so far this season. I mean, I think Zeke's supposed to be back next week, so maybe he can yeah. he can ask Austin what it's like to start two running backs from the same team, and he can he can join that. He can ask uh, Jim what it's like when he start Hassan Haskins. Oh, that's true. Derrick Henry. <laughs> I mean, the, the good thing for, about Pollard is I think he returns kicks too when he's not, mm-hmm. when he doesn't have the full time role, doesn't he? So yeah. he's, he'll have that nice little baseline of floor, of floor points. Yeah, that was my, my last note on, uh, that I had here for the Bakers too. They also have the highest low score on the season of 149 points, which is pretty wild considering Dang. some of the just horrible games we've seen from some of the teams. All right, well, last team here is uh, Shitty Sources holding on to that number one spot. They've been kind of the second half of the season, Darlings replacing the Adams. But um, much like the Adams, you know, looking some some ups and downs, uh, I noted here that they've been eighth in points over the last three weeks. Um, another down performance this week, although um, with how well your team did, I'm, I'm not sure that they would have won, even if they had a, a normal game. But... Um, yeah, I think this is the last of her her bye week problems. But yeah, losing Chase is definitely a hurt. But yeah, how are you feeling about the the shitty sources? Yeah, she had a she had a tough bye this week. Um, I think I think she'll be picking it up. She's got her bangles back. Hopefully, Chase will get back soon or before the end of the season. And I think she'll be she'll be back up on top. I wouldn't worry about her dipping points. Where's your uh, uh, stance worry about her Christian opponent? Say again. <laughs> What's your stance on uh, Christian Watson? Is he uh, is he arrived or was it was it a fluke? What's going on? I think he has arrived, but is he on her team? Is she on her team? Uh, yeah, she yeah. has him. Oh, I laugh every single. We've been talking about this for years, but I laugh every single week when I listen to waiver wire. I don't even know why I listen to waiver wire shows. I listen for the last five minutes when they're like, "If you're in a total degenerate league, go stash this guy," um, because yeah, Christian Watson is like. The poster boy for every single waiver wire article this week. Oh, and, oh yeah, they're uh, like if he's on your waivers, spend all of your fab on him, and it's like, yeah, he's not waivers. No, yeah, yeah. Ashley's had him for um, a couple weeks here. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it looks like that was kind of his coming out game. I think he's he's definitely going to be looking good. And the the Packers have been desperate for a, a wide receiver weapon, 
Um, say what you want about Alan Lazard. He ain't it. Like he, he makes some nice contestants. <laughs> I, I, he, he looks like Chase Claypool to me. He's like a big lumbering wide receiver, you know, like he's going to score touchdowns. He's a nice end zone target, but he's not like your electric type of player out of in the open field. Sure. All right. Well, that is it for the power rankings. Um, we did not pick a matchup of the week before the show started, but I'm seeing a pretty juicy one here that's going to be hard to turn down. We have the uh, Puma Skulls versus the Butthole Surfers. No. A bit ago. Love, uh, I'm going to be with Austin on uh, Sunday, so love to watch him watch football and be the matchup of the week. He loves the extra, the pressure and everything. Um, it looks like the, the, the matchup is favoring him right now, but as we all know, Ryan does God knows what with his lineup before the game starts. So I don't yeah, know how are you feeling about going my up lineup from last week. I haven't changed it. Uh, as soon as I saw Michael Gallup in your lineup, I knew that you had not changed it because uh, you, you got a sweet, sweet taste of the just complete mediocrity for that he brings to the table. Hey, you know what? He's probably going to be on my lineup next week too. The way my wide receivers are looking. So when you need four to six points, he's your guy. That's all I'm looking for. Yeah, but how yeah. you feeling about this one uh, uh, for the going up against the Puma Skulls? I mean, it doesn't feel good when you when you just watched, um, you know, him score over 200 points. So hopefully, it's another. But you also scored 200 points. That's right. But I with like a zero out of Jerry Judy, who you can now replace with uh, the league winning Kadarius Tony. That's right. We'll see. It's only projected for 4.4 points, according to ESPN. Ah, ESPN doesn't know what they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't looked at this matchup. I hate being matchup of the week. I can't believe you're doing this to us. <laughs> I love it. I also love not being matchup of the week. So, But um, uh, I didn't look. Do you guys have buys or anything? Anything hampering the matchup? I do not have any buys. I don't know what he's got. Definitely Let's know how to how to navigate the uh, thing here. Just some dead airspace as we scroll on our phones. I or... got it. I got to the right screen here. So yeah, uh, Austin is going to be uh, missing one of his linebackers. Uh, so yeah, I think we got a pretty fair matchup. Each of you has um, you know a handful of injuries, but I don't think these guys are real um, key players or anything. I think Austin missing uh, Khalil Herbert is probably going to be the piece that hurts him the most, but he's got so many wide receivers. I don't think it's going to slow him down. Oh, his bills are playing the Browns, dude. After they lost last week, they're just going to just light the Browns on fire. That's going to be, that's going to be bad. I feel like uh, it's going to be some serious revenge by the bills. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You got Saquon Barkley playing the Lions and Christian McCaffrey playing uh, the Cardinals though. So I think we'll have some pretty interesting games going on here. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully I crush him while he's over at your house, and you can let me know if he starts crying. If you see a tear coming down his eye, yeah, I need I, I need Austin picture. to win this week because the the highs uh, that he rides when he wins are just unmatched, and the lows are. <laughs> you know, he might he might be looking for a flight Sunday night, so <laughs> I'm really gonna be rooting for Austin in this one. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I mean, real talk, you know, the division though, our division is so tight uh, and this is the last week of non division play. So I'm pretty much rooting that every single person in my division loses this week, which is incredibly unlikely given how good the teams are. But 
So yeah, torn on this one. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I think it should be good given your guys's performance over the last um, couple of weeks. Austin had you know his down weeks, but I, I think this is probably more what we're going to see out of his team um, going into the stretch here. And I believe the uh, the Monday night game is the 49ers and the Cardinals. Is that the Monday night game? Ooh, it is. Spicy. Yeah, so we'll get to watch CMC in prime time with the, the matchup of the week on the line. That's that's better if, if we can push it out. So maybe Austin can get a big lead on Sunday. and then, um, You can have Christian McCaffrey close the door on that Monday night. We'll see. We shall see. All right. Well, that is it for the pod. Um, I don't really have anything else other than, um, yeah, I need to send out an email reminder about the, uh, the trade deadline. Um, but yeah, if you're listening and you're undecided, you got to make some decisions this week about what you're doing. Um, you know, the, the last comment I'll add about that, I don't know that how many like clear cut keepers there are that are like available. I feel like you did great last year grabbing, you know, the ones that were and actually the previous season. Well, they didn't pan out, but at the time, it's, they seemed, you know, like Higgins. Higgins was T. Higgins fanned out, but besides that, no one else hit. You really, I, I think Higgins is like the perfect example of like a tradable keeper. You know, somebody who is in like the top thirty or, or top twenty, and you trade them for you know like a top ten type guy. Um, but uh, those guys are pretty far and few between. They're either contributing or they're not. Like me trying to convince people that like Wandale Robinson is a great keeper has not been like a winning strategy so far in making deals happen. So, yeah, I, I I really do feel like though if you can't get those, which which I think we've we've kind of established that nobody wants to give up their already producing keepers, then you got to kind of play just the game of. Just collect as many of these low price guys as you can and just hope that it kind of shakes out in the off season mm-hmm. and that you got, you know, you can put something together in the off season. It seems like that's the most viable strategy. Definitely. So, yeah, if you're thinking that you're not in it and you want to get a head start on next season, um, yeah, I'd go ahead and start grabbing as many as, like, like Ryan said, as many of those guys as you can. Cause like we saw from uh, Ryan's team, they may not all pan out. Um, you're going to want a lot of them and you don't have to decide, uh, you, uh, you know, Brett said something interesting to me too. You, you know, you can trade them too. So getting as many as possible also makes sense in that regard, because when it comes down to the trade deadline, um, for the draft, uh, and if you end up with extra pieces for whatever reason, you can do like Austin did, you know, have a little fire sale, end up with some extra draft cash and stuff like that. So yeah, my recommendation is to uh, go out and grab as many of those guys as you can. Um, you know, even if they're not great, like Wandale Robinson, go ahead and come, come get them from me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's it for me, Ryan, anything else you want to leave the the league with before we sign off? Uh, no, good luck down the stretch guys. It's the playoff push. So, you know, make all your moves and scour over your lineups. Don't leave anyone out of your lineups. If anyone's hurt, don't start them. And uh, yeah, sage, sage wisdom. Start guys that are playing football. <laughs> if they're if they're question very questionable, you get a backup plan. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming on the pod in a pinch, Ryan. And uh, good luck to the league out there this week to everybody, but whoever I'm playing, which I definitely know. Oh, Robert. Yeah. God bless me for getting to play all the best teams. Um, but yeah, good luck to everybody out there. And uh, yeah, catch you next week. Yep.
Bye.